Hey guys, welcome to church. Boys, what time is it? It's announcements time. Announcements time. So, few announcements. There's a lot going on this month, so pay attention, right? Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. After the 11 o'clock service on Sunday, we're doing our newcomers lunch. That's a great opportunity to meet the staff. If you're new here at the Vineyard and would like to get to know us better, so stop on by. We'll have some refreshments. We'll be at the front deck after the 11 o'clock service. November 9th, that's this upcoming Wednesday, we're doing another jam night. Yeah, we are. My boys will be with me. They'll be playing. I'll be playing. And uh, we have a great time. We print out some chord charts. We play acoustic instruments. We sing. Great night. Join us. You're, you're welcome to show up to that musician or no. Okay? Uh, November 16th, we're doing a night of worship. It's a Thanksgiving concert, concert. on the app. Yeah, yeah. Concert. We'll be uh, our worship team will be playing and singing songs from the stage. So that is just a night music only. It's great. That's November sixteenth, starting at seven p.m. Also in November, two days after that, on the eighteenth, uh, we will be debuting the first two episodes of The Chosen here at the church, season three. That's right. That is a ticketed event. You can purchase your tickets on the app. Also, uh, this month is the start of the Operation Christmas Child Drive. Uh, you know, I think we have some resources available where you can fill a shoebox with gifts for kids and do that. Uh, if you go on the Operation Christmas Child website, there's a way to do it online. That's another great option. So all that's coming up because it's towards the end of the year, right? What's coming up soon? December. Uh, December. Well, what, what's before December? Christmas. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yes, got a got a gobble gobble, right? So let's get ready for church. Everybody online, glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to jump into worship. We've had a great time this morning. So looking forward to spending some time with you virtually like this. Then we'll be back into our series uh, called The Fight. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the helmet of salvation, how important that is. So get your Bibles, get a coffee, get comfy. Here we go. Woo! Good morning, everyone. You guys are really getting good at the woo thing. <laughs> oh, it's great to see all your faces. It's been a full week for us. I don't know about you guys, but it feels like it's been a long time since I saw you all. So it's really good to see you. Like It's really fun getting to see everyone's faces. Just so you know. It's like one of my favorite things. Anyways, hi. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do. <laughs> in case you do not yet know, we're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to start things, uh, do that, celebrate that for us. Sorry, I, I needed to drink water before I started. I'm not there. Chaplain Doug is going to celebrate communion for us in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We're in the fight part 17. So we're wrapping things up pretty soon. And it's a really good one, guys. And I'm looking forward to you all getting to dig into that. But before we do, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? We love your presence, Papa, and we thank you for meeting with us. We thank you for the privilege of gathering together and celebrating you. We 
we thank you for the ways that you have shown us that you are near to us this last week. Papa, you're so good. You care for us. And we know that you will do it again. So we praise you for that too. As we continue to press into the spiritual battle that we're in, Papa, would you keep our hearts softened and our ears open? We want to be good receivers of your word. And we want your words to take root inside of us and to grow and to blossom and to produce great things that look like you and smell like you, that change the world for you. So help us to draw closer to you, Papa. We love you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Merciful God, grant to your faithful people pardon and peace that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the spirit, please come partake, remember and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're entering now into our time of worship together, and I'd encourage us all to sing out and lift our voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst here today. Uh, it's such a privilege to get to worship together, so I'd encourage you to, to participate. We'll see the words pop up on the screens. It'll be really easy to sing along with. This is a new one. He will be our God.
breeze. You brought me out of darkness. You have filled me with peace. Giver of mercy, you're my help in time of need. Lord, I can't help but see.
Oh, we love you, Lord, and we are so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. You're good to us, Lord, and we love you. And Lord God, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kiddos your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, everyone. Good to see you guys. Today we have an amazing story. We are going to be talking about the prophet Jonah, and he wrote a book that is called, guess what it's called? Jonah, right? Yes. So Jonah was a prophet, right? And God had given him a message. He had said, I need you to go to Nineveh, right? To the city where a lot of people live. And I need you to tell them that they need to stop doing all these evil things, right? And Jonah was like, there is no way I'm going, Lord. They are our enemies. They are mean people. I do not want to go. So he got on a boat and he sailed away in the opposite direction of Nineveh, right? And guess what happened, guys? God caused a storm to come, right? So everybody on the boat was like, oh no, something's wrong, right? And the sailors were like, who is responsible for this? And then they found out that it was Jonah who was responsible, right? So they asked Jonah, Jonah, who, I mean, who are you and what have you done? Right? So Jonah told them in the book of Jonah, chapter one, verse nine, He answered them, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. He says, it is my fault that this storm storm has come upon you, because I am running away from the Lord, right? So then he told them, just throw me into the sea. But they didn't want to do that, right? They were like, no, we don't want to do that, right? But they had to. And once they threw him into the sea, what do you think happened to the storm? It stopped, right? I know. It did. It stopped, right? But God, and then the sailors and everyone on the boat decided to worship the Lord God. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So they turned from their ways and they turned towards God. So that was a good thing, right? And then another thing happened is that this big fish, right? came and it swallowed Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And while he was there, he prayed and thanked the Lord for sending the fish to save him, right? And then guess what happened next? God caused the fish to vomit him out onto dry land. I know. And then for the second time, God told Jonah, Go to Nineveh and preach my message to them, right? Do you think Jonah listened this time? He did. He did. He listened, right? So he went to Nineveh and he told them. He was shouting in the streets, right? He was like, in 40 days, Nineveh is going to be destroyed. And guess what the people did? 
that people repented, right? They turned from their evil ways and they all started to fast. That means they didn't eat and starting to cry out to God. Even the king, right, did not eat anything and took out, took off his nice clothes and put on really horrible clothes, like to mourn and ask the Lord to have mercy on them, right? And the Lord God did have mercy on them. He saw that they repented, right? So he saved them. And do you think Jonah was happy about that? He was not happy about that at all. He was very angry, right? And he was like, I knew you would do this, Lord, right? I know that you have great compassion, right? And that your love is more than we can even understand. I knew that you would forgive them, right? And God asked him, is it okay for you to be angry about this, right? So Jonah left the city and made a shelter for himself and waited to see what would happen. And then God decided to teach Jonah a lesson, right? So he made this vine, like this tree grow to cover him from and shade him, right? But then he also sent a worm to eat at the plant, and the plant died. And Jonah was so upset about that, right? And God said, you, he says, and God asked him, are you angry about this? And Jonah says, yes, I am so angry. I could just die, you know? And then God told them, you care about this tree, right? But you did not take care of it and you didn't make it grow, right? But the people of Nineveh, right? There are many people there, right? And I created them and I took care of them, right? Are they not more important than this plant? Isn't that a good question? Yeah, they are, but God is loving and compassionate, right, to all that he has created, right? So our story tells us that Jonah, right, was told to go to his enemies and tell them to stop sinning, but he did not want to go, right? Many years later, God sent his son, Jesus, right, to tell his enemies to stop sinning. Unlike Jonah, Jesus wanted to obey the Lord, right? And he did. He died on the cross to save us from our sin. Isn't that amazing? I know. So good. Good job, guys. Okay, so now we're going to say the Bible verse together. And ready? Jonah 1.9. Jonah 1.9. Jonah answered. Jonah answered. I am a Hebrew. And I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. Excellent job, boys and girls. Children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Pastor Georgina will pray for them and then we'll send them off to Children's Church. Okay, guys, ready? We're going to pray first and then we get to go, okay? So let's bow our heads and think about the Lord. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord God, that you truly are slow to anger, Lord God, that you are abounding in love, Lord God, that you have great mercy and compassion on everyone, Lord I pray that the little ones will understand this amazing love that you have for us, Lord God. In Jesus' name. What do we say, guys? Amen. Amen. Good job. Go have fun. Amen. Good job, everyone. 
Have a good time in children's church. Listen well to your teachers, please. Have fun. Do both of those things. The Ninevites, they repented. It's funny, if you go and read Jonah, it doesn't, it doesn't end well. Jonah kind of sits there mad at the end of the book. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. But it's okay. That's how it's written. Uh, welcome to the vineyard. So glad to have you here today. Claire's clapping on the way out. You see her crawling around down there? She's getting mobile now. Yeah. We love watching the kids go through lots of different things. Lots of babies, particularly that next at 11 o'clock. There's a whole bunch of brand new babies. Very brand new. Very cool. Yeah. So, uh, welcome, welcome. Glad to have you with us today. Did I say that already? Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to have you here. If you're a first-time guest, that little code that just popped up is for you. If you point your smart device at it with the camera on, you'll get a link to our digital connect card. Love for you to fill that out. Name, phone number, email address. If you give us that information, you will get texts and emails from us over the next five or six weeks, um, just so you know that they're coming. We also have gifts for all the first-time guests back at guest services. If you didn't get one on the way in, please stop by on your way out, and we will be uh, happy to give you a nice gift also to uh, just make sure people know. So Grief Share starts back tonight with Dr. Lillian Jack, and that's at 6 o'clock. That's a great ministry for dealing with loss. And they're going to meet on Sunday evenings for the next seven weeks. It's a great program, Grief Share. So uh, if you, if that would help you, please come at 6 o'clock. Talk to Dr. Lily about it later. Jack, they'd be happy to tell you what's going on. And the, the Chosen Season 3. I know he talked in there, but just so you hear. So we um, are a host site for that. It's being um, released in theaters that same day, November 18th. They're going to release the first two episodes uh, and then you'll catch the rest of it uh, the way you would normally watch The Chosen. Great series. There's a season. There's been two seasons so far. But we've really enjoyed here. We've done studies on. Um, if you want to come to that, it's November 18th. You have to purchase tickets. I couldn't, I would, you know, my preferred method would be just to buy the rights and then let you come for free, but they won't let me do that. So uh, if you want to come, you have to go on the app, purchase tickets, and that'll be a, a nice event. I think we're starting at 6.30. Two episodes run till about 8. We will provide free popcorn. Um, you know, uh, people ask about children. If they can sit through two episodes of that kind of television, fine. But um, no child care. So uh, work that into your plans. Okay. And uh, so I think I covered that. And I definitely did that. We're going to be in the fight part 17 today. Um, cool. Yeah, nice. So, and uh, to give you a heads up, I didn't do this to the other groups. You guys must be special. Uh, two more weeks of this series. Uh, we're going to talk about this. Don't, you're too excited about that. Sword of the Spirit. And we'll talk about prayer. And then we're moving into our Advent series. And I'm excited about that. Um, this year for Advent, we're going to do four weeks. And we're going to do it. I'll go ahead. It's on the book of Ruth, which is like... Christmas in July. It's really good. I'm just going <laughs> to say. It's very Y'all cool. Enjoy the whole story it. ties in with the story, both centered around Bethlehem. So I'm excited about that, and I'm working on that already. Uh, so that's that. That's it. Where am I? Pray for the neighbors. Um, we corporately pray for our neighbors uh, every week when we gather to reinforce our uh, hope that you're praying for your neighbors every day. 
one of the most powerful ministries you will ever engage in. So get a couple of your neighbors in your mind and we'll go to the Lord. Papa, we pray for our neighbors. We lift them up to you, God. We ask that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. That you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you, God. Help us to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. And bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, let's do a couple of bad jokes. These were quite bad today, thank you. So, there's this whole thing, you know, Elon Musk, and he's, he's recently bought Twitter, and some people are for it, and some people are against it. I'm not getting into any of that stuff. But, uh, you know, there's people getting upset, and I, I read somewhere that they actually were trying to call it Elon Gate. And I thought, like, that seemed like a bit of a stretch. Yeah, you got to laugh at this service. Last service, there was, it was I nothing. Don't know. Good job. Well, let's see if that worked. Let's see if this works. I doubt it. Because it didn't work last it's week. It's bad. I have figured out that a Zoom call is the best way for a dozen people to say goodbye 300 times. Yeah. If you've Only been, if you've on, been Zoom, on a Zoom call. If you're trying to get off of a Zoom call. Goodbye. Okay. All right. Is that it? No well, more? Oh, this is... I, 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 had, I thought um, recently I, that I would, I would work on a, like a resisting training program. Good. Refusing to go to the gym counts, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It does in my world anyway. <laughs> Pray for us and lead us in the reading of the word, please. I will. Let's change our focus and press into Papa real quick, shall we, before we read the word together? Papa, you're so very good to us. We thank you for being with us in worship, for touching our hearts and renewing our minds. Continue, Father, to, to renew us as we dig into your word today. And Papa, I pray for all the struggles and all the burdens and all the things that we carry in our daily lives, Lord, that we would be able to release those and just look to you. We know that in all our ways, if we acknowledge you, you will direct our paths. And may that be so today. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Romans. This is the Apostle Paul, chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You can be seated. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Okay, part 17. Um, we are right now looking at the armor of God, and we've been taking it apart sort of a piece at a time. And really, that was the, the sort of the goal of the whole series, but there's this big therefore in Ephesians 6 that I felt like we needed to go and look at, and that sort of constituted the first 11 parts of this series, um, where we, we set a theological foundation for uh, why is there spiritual battle? Why is there evil in the world? What's the enemy look like? 
um, how Jesus in the Lord's Prayer sort of invites us into um, this walk with him where our battle is to seek and save that which is lost, to rescue those in captivity and to bring them out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. And we realize that um, we know who our enemy is, uh, but the way that we engage him in battle is not like head-on, is that what we do is we're behind enemy lines and we're rescuing people that are trapped in his kingdom by introducing them to Jesus through the gospel and the power of the gospel. And that that is at the sort of the heart of all this. And then the the armor that he gives us is to help us engage in this spiritual battle that we find ourselves in. And so it's very important. And I I, uh, I encourage you to pray it on. And, and usually when I'm praying on the armor of God, like every day, uh, pray it on. I, I often will do sort of, even while I'm sitting by myself, little hand motions. You know, I want to put on the belt of truth because that kind of helps me remember what that looks like and the breastplate of righteousness and know that, you know, God's covering my heart in here and, and the shoes of peace, you know, to be ready to talk about the gospel and that shield of faith and how important that is. And today it's the helmet of salvation. We put that on, and and the helmet of salvation uh, is important because it, it protects our head, it, our mind, the brain, um, all all of which is one way of saying you know it's this very integral part of who we are, uh, and certainly very necessary in the lives in our lives that we walk through that this area be protected, uh, not only you know in the natural but supernaturally because it's also the place where the enemy will come after you is he'll trying to get into your mind and uh, put things in there and give you bad thoughts and all sorts of stuff. And so we need to be aware of that so we can um, stand up against it. And and so we, we want to make sure that uh, our focus is on Jesus and that's where we really begin to find life. And so that's all of these things are happening with the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. Now, I like that... Paul sort of further defines the idea of the helmet in First uh, Thessalonians 5, 8. He says this, uh, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. And so he, he sort of broadens the idea of salvation by including the, you know, the hope of salvation. And I think what you need to know is that understanding the the dynamics of that is really important because when sometimes when we talk about salvation or being saved we might think of it uh, if you've been saved for a while as sort of in a historic event well this is when i got saved whenever you ask jesus to be lord and savior of your life and that's true at the same time we understand that because holy spirit uh, is now living inside of us we're in this sanctification process of being changed and so so we are saved but we're also being saved and, and then there's the idea when we tie the hope aspect into it that a day is coming when we will be saved, which is about, you know, being rescued out of all the things that are going on. And, and so I think it's important that we hold on to the big picture as we walk through this, this big picture of the hope of salvation, because if we reduce it to an event historically, uh, you know, okay, yeah, I'm saved, so I'm good, and I'm just waiting until I get to go to heaven, you won't engage in the life that God has really prepared for you and in advance and, and the life that he's called you to, which is this moment by moment walking with him uh, in the present uh, as already eternal beings, uh, then knowing that this amazing hope that we have. And I, I like to talk about this hope 
because it's I think it's better than what we've often imagined our hope as believers. And I, I love to look and think about Revelation 21. We get there a lot, verses 1 through 5, and the, the power of those verses. And, and that what it says in Revelation 25, that the, that a day is coming when the, the heavenly city, Jerusalem, the new garden city comes out of heaven, is what it says, to earth. And we get in the, in the reading that, that earth is renewed and restored. And as believers, we get new, physical, resurrected bodies that are incorruptible, and we will dwell here on this planet with God forever. Now, oftentimes we've stopped our hope at heaven, which is a good hope, don't get me wrong, but, but there's more to the story. And, and you, when you're aware of that, I think it changes how you press into the day. Because I've, so heaven's gonna be cool. And I've had people say, well, won't we get bored floating around on clouds playing harps? That's their view of heaven. And I'm like, well, I don't think that's gonna be happening. I don't think you'll get bored either. But, but, it's, it's a place where we will spend some time with, with God in heaven, uh, and it's going to be awesome. And then when Jesus comes back and the new heaven comes to earth, we get to come and get new physical resurrected bodies. We get back into the plan. Remember, that was the plan from the beginning. We, we talked about this, and if you're losing me, go back and look at the first couple of sessions where the, the whole cosmic temple idea in creation, that God creates a place where heaven and earth connect and he went on this planet in Eden, and he wants to dwell with us here, his human family and his spiritual family forever. We get it all messed up, and we go our own way, and we looked at you know the fall and the flood and the Tower of Babel and how all this mess started, but God never gave up on that plan, and he's made a way back for us. How? Well, he's the one nation that he kept is Israel, and Jesus comes. Jesus comes as a representative of what people should have been, people that, that choose to live rightly without sin. He comes as a representative of the nation of Israel. He lives the perfect life that we couldn't, willingly goes to the cross on our behalf where he exchanges his life. He dies for us to defeat the power of sin. He's buried. This is the good news, the gospel. Then he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures, defeating the power of death. And by those things, he's made a way for us to be reconciled back to God. God said, in this one nation in Israel, there'll be a way back for all nations. And that's what he's done. And so we come to know Jesus, and we're back engaged in the vocation we have, making a difference here until he sets everything back right. Revelation 21, he never gave up on that original plan. So, so that's this amazing hope. I don't think, I don't think we spend enough time thinking about that. That, that there will be a time when you will be here hanging out with God in all of his amazing wonder and you will be on the planet completely redone the way he always intended it, perfect. We've never seen it perfect. And creation's pretty awesome. But imagine it perfected. You'll be with him. You'll have a body that never wears out, never gives up. Wow. No more pain, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more death. I mean... And we get to hang with him forever. See, it's even better than floating off on a cloud playing a harp, right? So we have that coming. So temporary in heaven, going to be cool. And even that's good to think about. I like to think about that. So if you read Revelation 4 and 5 and 6, there's this stuff going around the throne right now, this worship, this intense worship. And I, we, I think we tap into it every now and again by the grace of God. But there around the throne are the saints and the 
the, the elders and the angels, and there's this amazing worship going on, and it's bouncing around the room, holy, 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 and they're, they're bowing down as they say it, and they come back up, and I think when, when this one, this body wears out, and you, you're, you're in heaven, you kind of engage in that, and, and it's going to be so, I just can't, it's going to be so cool. And I had this picture of, you know, you'll be caught up in it. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. God Almighty, along with everybody. And then every now and again, you'll you'll hear someone that you, you recognize and you'll look and you'll see somebody. Yay! And then wait a minute. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And, and then before you know it, Jesus will say, let's go. And everything happens forever. See, so you, you, you need to have the, the whole package of salvation, the hope of salvation, the bigger story, so that you don't get sort of caught up in a, in a much smaller version of the story. One that kind of revolves around you. And, and it's Jesus' story. He's invited you in it, and you matter, and you count, but He's the noun of the story. And when that's our perspective, we live life much differently. And so that hope is very important uh, for us to hang on to. That's not, it's not relevant. My watch just told me what she found. Although I got to say, the watch is very encouraging. Like, you did it. You stood up. (laughs) It's not very often anyone gives you a big thumbs up for standing up, right? Good job. Okay, I'm in the hope thing. And, and uh, so sometimes uh, life can be a little tough, right? Sometimes we're not because we're not there yet. And there's hard things that we have to deal with and sadness. And there's still sorrow and pain and death and all that big mess. And it can be really hard. But we have this hope that we can cling to and and, and we can rest in Him in the now because our eternal life has begun. We rest in Him in the now because we know He's got us forever. And, and this is the absolute best life that you can have now is this life in Jesus. So you, you hang on to all these ideas when it comes to the idea of salvation so that we, uh, we continue to engage with Him. Now, in this is this process of being transformed. And uh, we have to be changed uh, and and if we're not careful, what we'll do is we get consumed by our culture. And the fear that's just kind of running rampant in our culture will impact us in ways that keep us from engaging in the spiritual battle. Paul says, listen, don't conform to the pattern of this world. And that could say age. Don't conform to the pattern of this present age. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And so we, we need to be transformed and, and it, it needs to come through the renewing of our minds. Now, this isn't, uh, this life isn't about living just a whole bunch of rules. Sometimes that's what people think. It's not. It's really all about learning to yield to Holy Spirit who is in us and living for God. And that's where the best life is found. That's, sometimes you get, if you get caught up and it's all these rules, it, that, that tends to just drain the life out of everyone. But when you realize, no, I'm in, I'm engaged in his story and he's um, partnering with him to make a difference right now uh, and forever and that it's cool. And I, I'm always amazed at, at the, the presence of God when, when you sort of just yield to Holy Spirit, how many opportunities there are 
for you to connect with him and make a difference in the world around us. It's fascinating to me how that goes on. But, but we're to be transformed, and that transformation comes by the renewing of our minds. This is a big deal. Throughout the New Testament, Paul will talk about how our minds need to be changed, transformed, caught up. Uh, it's like we, we come to know Jesus and things are changing. Sort of the last thing to get on board with this eternal life that we now have is our thinking, our minds. And, and so, you know, he encourages us, like, you know, put on the new self, take off the old self. This is all has to do with being changed in the way that we think about things. And, and so there's something that needs to change in your mind. And I, this is one of my favorite verses. I remember when I finally got a hold of what was going on in this verse. Paul says in Ephesians 4.23, you need to be made new in the attitude of your minds. The reason that your minds need to be transformed is if you don't catch it there, your mind has an attitude. And I always think of this. I don't do this very well. But if you don't get the reference, I don't know. But your mind has an attitude. Uh, in, in the New American Standard, it says that you need to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So your mind has this, this spirit, this attitude um, that needs to be transformed because like everything else in the world, um, the, the way that you process things is also fallen and broken. And you have a way, a perspective of how you deal with things. It's a, you have a worldview. Uh, and you, you may not realize that you do, but you do. You have a way of looking at everything and you run it through a set of filters. And from that, you come up with your response and how you're going to go. Everyone has one. You have a worldview. The problem is with that is that you develop that over the entire course of your life. And it was really significantly developed when you were quite young by those people who were around you, who were to love you and help you. And, and you know, it's developed well if that happened well. If it didn't happen so well, it, it developed, but in different ways. And that just doesn't automatically change when you get saved. Your mindset, your worldview, your perspective. You, you have to really work on it with Holy Spirit in order to get it to catch up to everything else. And so it's an ongoing process. All of the filters that you have for looking through information need to be adjusted and tuned with the Word of God in particular. And next week we'll be talking about the power of that, but because that's a big, big way that our minds ultimately get the adjustment they need is that you spend time in the Bible. That's why you hear us here constantly encourage you personally. You have to read the Bible for yourselves regularly because in it are the ways that you get your mind renewed ultimately. All the little filters get adjusted. And it's ongoing. I, I realize every now and again I will find myself in um, in a situation and my response um, you know, when I think about it, is not necessarily what it should be at this point in time because there's it caught me in a spot that hadn't been renewed yet. I, I processed it through a really old filter. Do you ever do you ever find yourself thinking like about things the way your parents did, even? And you're like, wait a minute, not that you know that was good, right? At times, but they had, there was some stuff in there. Uh, so you know, in my house, we didn't grow up going to church, and so my dad had some really fascinating things to talk about people driving to church on Sundays. And uh, <laughs> there's things that have to be evaluated and checked on uh, in the course of our lives. And so we need to be aware that we are doing that and that we're, we're pressing into that, allowing Holy Spirit to change us over time. 
and to get our minds caught up to everything else that's happening. And it's really, really important that we engage in those things. And I think one of the best ways to sort of get a feel for that is that as you walk this thing out, your, your hearts should begin to soften. That, that things that break God's heart begin to break yours. And that any place where there's a hardness still, real hard edges, it's an opportunity. It's a place where we need to yield the Holy Spirit. I tell you this, Paul says in Ephesians 4, 17, and insist on it in the Lord. He's a pretty strong language. He's using, I insist on this. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. And the, the pre-Christians is a way to think about Gentiles or people that aren't believers. In the fut- as they do, in the futility of their thinking, they are darkened. In their understanding and separated from the life of God. That's big what he's saying there. That these hard-hearted things that you do are keeping you separated from the life that you could have in the Lord. Um, because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. The hardening of your heart will keep you in a bad spot. And, and maybe have you do things you might not normally do. We were laughing earlier. Alice and I went to some... Uh, Vineyard pastor meetings up in Miami this uh, this week, the last couple of days of this week, which meant that I was having to drive in Miami traffic. And I've spoken to you over the last 20 years about my driving and my frustrations in, in you know, obviously being the best driver on the planet. And uh, we were driving in, and it was intense driving in traffic, and Alice, she looked at me one point. She said, you know, when you're driving in Miami, you have a completely different vocabulary. (laughs) And it's it's a hardness of heart (laughs) that the Lord has to keep working on. And, and, you know, it's important, right? I, I, and and there's, I don't want to, fortunately, I'm, I'm not like I once was. Like I was, I told the last group, I, I still struggle with tailgaters, and if you're one, I love you. God bless you. But if you're tailgating me because you think I'm going slow, give it a second. <laughs> if you think being that close is going to get me to speed up, you got the whole another game coming. See, that's how that's a hard edge, right? <laughs> I don't think God's in that one yet. But it's those kind of things you just have to. Just breathe and, and you have to start thinking about, like in my situation, driving. Look, all these people got places to go. They got things on their mind. It's not, there's not a personal attack. I take it that way sometimes. That's the problem. It becomes personal. Like, do, do, I, I still think this. Do you, do you, do you know who I think I am? <laughs> Nobody. In your own lives, those things that are keeping your hearts hard, evaluate them. What is it? Take a look at them. This is what's going on with the helmet of salvation. We're engaged in a much bigger story now in Jesus. And some of the things that we have thought were the most important thing aren't. And we need to be willing to let Holy Spirit change us. You know, I touched on that briefly last week. You might want to go back when I talked about how opinions have become, in our culture, like the most important thing. You've substituted even for truth. And... and it's okay to have opinions. I don't want anybody here. Oh, you can't. No, no, you should absolutely have your opinions. You need to be thinking about things. But, but if you elevate them to the point where they destroy your relationships, you're putting too much value on them. 
And, and I don't think we need to do that. Have them and then ask Holy Spirit in the places where we disagree that we just put that up there and let Holy Spirit that we continue to love on one another and encourage one another and bless one another because that's what we're called to. And, and, you know, I often will say that about opinions because I, I might think about this. Have you ever had uh, an opinion that you changed over time? I bet you have. Pretty significant. And so... It's Jesus doesn't change. Let's keep him here and we'll just let everything else kind of float around. But all of that is our mind being renewed and restored on what really matters and how we engage in this story and how it fits and this amazing hope we have in, in our salvation that, that we've been saved when you ask Jesus. And Holy Spirit is working on us now. Praise God that God lives within us. We're the place where heaven and earth meet and we have this amazing hope that we can hang on to when we need it, which all allows us to live this life out, partnered with Jesus in helping people get set free. And that's the cool part of that. I think I'll end it right there. Uh, Alice, uh, you're going to come and join me. Ministry team, why don't you head over to the wall? People on there, way over there, are here to pray for you if you need prayer for anything. And uh, listen, I, in this message, I talked about the gospel, the, 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 the message you need to hear to find your way to God if you don't already. And we talked all about salvation. And, and in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That's our response to everything he's done. We, we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you've never done that, you've never said a prayer that gets that going, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? Do it today. It's the beginning of everything. That, that prayer it opens up your relationship with God. Holy Spirit comes and your, your hearts are, are changed and your minds are renewed in this process and we begin to experience forever life. So that's where I did it. Jesus, will you be my Lord, my Savior? Amen. And if you've done that, let the ministry team know or maybe you're struggling with something or you've got a burden that you just can't let go. Let someone pray for you and encourage you today because that's that's what they're there for. Maybe you have trouble with your vocabulary in certain situations <laughs> like we all do. Steve says, I have a vocabulary problem when my computer's broken, right? Yeah, yeah, that happens to me. So anyway, just be blessed this week. Amen. I was just thinking, sometimes you, you get upset with me when your computer's broke. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. It's true. It's but it's you should be able to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> he, won't, he won't let me call Doug. My no. first thing is, call Doug what? No. We're going to fix it. We digress. It's all good. Um, thank you, guys. Bless you for your amazing generosity, your faithfulness, giving, tithing, offering. We love partnering with you guys. We had the food truck at the big thing on Sugarloaf Airport. Uh, yesterday, Fran was out there yesterday and got to bless lots of people with snow cone. We love snow cone machine and uh, all free because you guys make that happen. So thank you for that. We appreciate you. Let's sing the doxology and we will dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. 
May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Looks like a nice day out there. Get out there, catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Don't forget the uh, Operation Christmas Child shoe box. If you need one on the way out, you can grab one then. Love you guys. Be cool. Prayers over there. I think I said it all. Hope your team wins. Bye. Thanks for watching online. We love you guys. And uh, uh, cool stuff. Salvation. The hope. I love the thinking about the just the goodness and faithfulness of God. And then next week we'll be talking about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Looking forward to that. And have a great week. We got we got a fun lunch. Yes. Gluten-free lasagna. Gluten-free lasagna. Yes. Very cool. Yeah, we're excited. <laughs> Starts to get later in the morning. We, think we start about to think food. about lunch. Yeah. All right. Love God you bless guys. you guys. Bye-bye.